Okay, so first the title, and a little bit behind the title. Uh, we're going to be discussing results of research that we did with three other colleagues, who will be introduced at some point, that were at a total of ten different institutions, middle schools, public and private, high schools, public and private, college universities, public and private, and they generated a number of things about why students are motivated to learn math. So the title, the leading piece, Miss Smith, My Future Career and My Mom. Uh, Miss Smith was my first grade teacher. And uh, I think she taught like 50 years or so. We went back for a reunion at our school back a couple decades ago. She was still teaching. Like, wow, this is great. Um, <clears throat> so teacher is a key and important variable. And when we get to the end, you'll probably agree teacher is still a really important variable. But you're going to find out later that equally important are the other pieces. Okay, so the rest of our team. Uh, ben Gleesman is now teaching at a, a Chicago public school in the high school level. Uh, however, he was my student at Trinity when I was there for about 28 years before I went to Calvin. And at Trinity, we have this requirement of a senior capstone course. And as part of that, they have to choose a project to work on for the semester and report out at the end. And so he approached me early on the semester. He said, well, I really want to figure out what motivates students to learn mathematics. I said, that's a great topic. We should look into that together. So we did. And the project started. And it eventually grew to include some other folks, uh, some colleagues, Josh Wilkerson. He teaches at a high school. There's some codes there. Um, the P stands for private, and it's a high school. It's actually in Texas. But we're keeping specific names of schools blinded for the purpose of our research. And uh, Patrick Eggleton is another colleague who is a professor of mathematics education, again, at a private university. And we'll see some of that data as well. We've been assisted by a dozen classroom teachers or more. Uh, and their students, which we very much thank. I think there might be a couple in the room that helped us out on the project along the way. Um, and so that gives you a little bit of the background of the who. So this was the big question. What motivates, well, first of all, what motivates us? I say us because if you brought a device today, phone, a tablet, whatever, you can actually participate in the survey yourself first. We'll give you the opportunity shortly. Um, but what Ben decided was to find some research related to motivation, and he found the study by Tapia in 96. It had about 50 items, and I told him, there's no way you're going to get a middle schooler to fill out a 50-item survey. You know, even their parents are going to say, stop, at some point. So I said, look for something shorter. He then found research by Lim and Chapman in 2015 that based it on the original study, but shortened it to more like 15 or 20 items. So he took those, he, I think, took a couple out, but then he added a couple critically we'll talk about later. And this is the survey that you can actually try. So if you have a phone with you today, or you have a laptop or a tablet or something, I'd invite you to actually try the survey. The very first screen you come to, it says, are you willing to let your data be shared? And you don't have to do it. But if enough people do, then we may show what the room thinks at the end of our session. Not now, but, but at the end. So uh, it's survey.clanderman.ca. That's a Canadian site. And again, you're answering this survey as yourself. So right. for now, for now, just answer it as you would answer. We'll talk about your students later. But for now, just talk about and, and just respond to the questions. It consists of a total of 20 um, what we call Likert scale items where you can say strongly agree or strongly disagree or anything in between. You just kind of click the button. And at the very end, make it all the way to the end, then there's a free response question where you can literally you know, tap in your, your response. So survey.kleinerman.ca. We'll give you three, four minutes to work on that. And while you're doing that, Sarah's going to pass up the actual questions. If you want, because they're going to go screen by screen, but if you want to see what you answered, you're welcome to do that. So welcome those that are just joining. Um, if you want to participate in a survey, the, take out your phone and go to survey.kleinerman.ca. 
And I think we have pretty good Wi-Fi in this room. We checked it earlier. Hopefully it works. And again, it's optional. So if you don't want to do the survey this morning, fine. In which case, you see the questions that are going to be answered. They're, they're right here. survey, uh, Sarah will be noting the fact that she's getting data added to it. Hi. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want, we're just doing a quick survey of the questions that are actually on here, but it's on our website. So if you want to go to that with your phone, you're welcome to join in, and then we'll take some time to unpack it as a group. how when people get toward the end because the last one's free response. You're doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> We're getting some in? Okay, great. So we'll give you another couple minutes to keep uh, finishing up and then we're going to ask you to have a discussion with the folks nearby a little bit related to what you did. <clears throat> finished or are finishing, that's fine. Um, if possible, if you can pair up or maybe a cluster of three or four, depending on how the tables are arranged. So threes are fine there, maybe a two and a three, however it works best. And we'd like you to, as your small group, consider the following questions. And you can do any of these or all of these as time allows. Uh, which item do you agree most strongly with? And, and you have the actual ones in front, in case you don't remember. Uh, which one do you disagree most small, uh, strongly with? And maybe if one person can just circle the numbers just so you can report back later. Uh, which items might help identify students who would be intrinsically motivated to study math? Ponder that one. And then which items might help you identify students who are experiencing math anxiety? Okay. So if you could just talk with your groups there. And if you get all four of those done and you're just overachievers, then you can do the last one. You can share what you said for number 21. Okay. Go ahead. Take a few minutes and talk to each other. So. Yeah. 
So just maybe a harvester of one or maybe two for either. Uh, the one that you decided, yeah, I'm most trying to agree with this particular statement, or I'm most trying to disagree with this particular statement. Uh, let's start over here. So, uh, anyone that needs to. We did not get very far. Those are bad students. Okay, so while they keep doing their work. Okay, so I strongly agree first. Number one. Number one. Yes. It's on the list. Uh, how about strongly disagree? Any of that you've said? Yeah, that's not good. Number eight? Yeah. Number eight. We're doing bread and today. We're going to move over here. Uh, anything to add to what's up there already? Strongly agree, first of all? Well, we were quite different from each other. That's okay, so give me the bread. Uh, I strongly agree with I really like mathematics. I'm okay, agree. three. And what did somebody else's? We did. We weren't agreeing. We're not agreeing. We strongly like mathematics. I understand. <laughs> no, no, but there were there other ones that you strongly agree with. Um, that is used, in, important in everything like that. And that's number 14? 12. 12. 12. Number 12. group did, and I think Sarah said there's 22 or thereabouts. 23, yeah. 23, okay, so about three quarters of the folks decided to make their way through, and at the end, we may talk about what you said. I should also mention that we spoke yesterday afternoon at a colloquium at Calvin for the junior-senior math majors and faculty that were there, and so we have a non-random sample of 19 folks that we could share about a little bit later. Okay, uh, oh, I go back one. Did, did any of you get to the, you shared what was most important in 20? Okay, save what you said there. We're going to report what we said as a group later on, okay? Okay, so to give you an idea of the different institutions that we um, surveyed, we had about 650 students total, and they were at the middle school, high school, and also college, university levels. Um, and so the middle schools that we surveyed, we had a private uh, suburban middle school, uh, this is in the Chicago area, a public middle school in Indiana, and then a Chicago public school. Um, and so these codes will come up as we talk about different parts of the data. And so if there's a P in there, that means it's some sort of private institution. Um, at the high school level, we had a private high school in Texas and then a public high school in Chicago. And then at the college and university level, we had a public university, a private university, and a private college that are all located in the Midwest. And so, particularly at this college level, we actually had a couple different 
um, subgroups that were represented. So we had math and math education majors, we had elementary education majors, and then finally we had a whole bunch of other majors like fisheries and wildlife science, zoology, those kinds of things. Okay, so you have the actual questions in front of you. We just have them in five question blocks, and you found the pattern, right? It wasn't too hard. Uh, we didn't want to state them all in the positive, uh, sort of the reverse coding theory, so that we're not just going four all the way down, for example. Uh, so the first five were stated in the positive, and I note that one, two, three, four, they're all there, uh, collectively in our room, that we thought we strongly agree with these statements, and you can see they relate to math. Okay, and then the next five, are the ones that we stated in the negative, and you can think where math anxiety might be bubbling up. And indeed, this is the heart of the ones we strongly disagree with. There are two more coming I want to talk about. And the next group of five, um, notice the connections to everyday life, uh, connections to the future, um, careers potentially. So this cluster has more to do with that motivating factor. And then the last five, so we had to include one about getting grades, and your perception might be that that's what a lot of our students are there for. They want to get that grade in my course, and, and you'll find out that that's true to some extent, but there's a lot more to the story. 17 was a question that Ben actually added to the survey. That was because of some other work that Sarah and I have done with some other colleagues about um, connecting and bridging mathematics and English through young adult fantasy literature like Harry Potter stories and so forth. So that was an outgrowth of that. Um, and then, you, oh, 20, uh, the difficulty of the discipline. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that and, and the responses we had yesterday at the colloquium. All right, so those are the 20 items, and, and we'll unpack them in more detail in a minute. So now we'd like to do a similar process of discussion to what you just did, except now think about what your students would answer in terms of these different survey questions, what they would say they're most motivated by. So let's take a couple minutes and do that. Again, same groupings if you would.
I'm going to start here with uh, Mark, if you could just give me your initial comment. So when I gave the task, part of the problem was exactly which tube am I thinking about? And your comment was, go ahead. Uh, which child? Is it the high or the low? So I'm going for the low, and number nine would be for her, because it's, she feels very confused in that. So okay. strongly agree so tonight. She said to agree with that. Yeah. She agrees with that, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. And so we have to decide which students we're representing here. Uh, let's just have a few others, so maybe you're driven to report. Um, yeah, we teach very different types of teachers that struggle. They teach the higher level. So yeah, yeah my answers are like the six through ten. Are going to be at the ones they strongly agree with. Right. Whereas you folks in their hand were going to say, but which ones do you think of the, of the other 15 do you think they would highlight? Uh, I, I think the higher level, or a lot of the higher honor students would highlight the same ones that we did with the one through five that area. One through five, okay. Then I would say number 16, getting good grades motivates me to do better. Okay, so this notion of the grades, yeah. Okay. Um, were there any that you're pretty sure you have students that would strongly disagree with statements that are here? Yeah. Um, I think 17. The issue of textbooks, other reading other textbooks, sure. Uh -huh. Okay. I'm wondering about 20, if that's going to be picked up again and saying, oh, okay, 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 so, so the, the key takeaway I want to first focus on is that the role of 6 through 10, how that's going to play differently, right, among the students that are really motivated to learn mathematics intrinsically or otherwise and those that are a little bit more anxious about it. So as you're picking up, the anxiety levels are going to be measured a lot more by those items 6 through 10. On the other hand, as we noted, 1 through 5 may actually overlap and maybe 16, so great. So before we move on, did you get a chance to talk about the free response? Oh, right. What you Sorry. think the students would say? Yeah, not, not what you said. We know what you said. We, have that. we can show you later. What, do you have any idea which, which one thing, one thing, your students identify why they are motivated to learn math, even, even if they're on the low end or if they're just math anxious? What could they say is the reason why they want to learn math? And you're, you're limited to one response. Yeah, keep their parents happy. Uh -huh. Keep their parents happy. Okay. okay. So it, how, we, how we will code that, they probably won't say exactly that, but they'll say my parents. Or they'll say my mom. Or they'll say my dad. Or my grandparents. Or my cousins. Or whatever. Yeah, so that more to come. Others on things, single thing they're going to say motivates them. Yeah, daily. Help pass standardized tests. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so something grade related or test related, it's getting into the next stage of learning related. Okay, yep. If you really click with a kid, it can be the teacher. Teacher, right. Okay, so we're hoping, I'm hoping that teacher get mentioned a bit too, right? So we have a role to play here. This is good. Okay, how, how about everyday life connections? What do you think about that? You like that again? A lot of folks in middle school, high school. What about future or career? Maybe a couple, actually, here in the middle school teacher's talk. <laughs> maybe a few more here in the high school teacher's talk. And maybe a lot more here in the college people talk yesterday, because that's what we were hearing yesterday. I, yeah? I think the students don't quite have the ability to think that strong, so the only way they'd be thinking about their future is if their teacher or their parents are helping them to do so. Right. But for them, I think yeah. that their motivation would still be the teacher or the parent. So okay. I think that they're so grasping. keep your mind on the future. We're going to watch that as a category. In fact, maybe you can go yeah. to the next one here. So when we collected the data from them, again, middle school students, high school students, college, university, they tended to cluster in diff different categories for number 21. And this perhaps is the most interesting stuff we're going to be dissecting. Um, as you said, 
teachers, for sure. Uh, parents, but that's more broadly defined, as you will see. Family and friends category. Grades was mentioned, yeah. Uh, future or job, and that plays out differentially, as you might expect. And then, well, nobody really mentioned intrinsic things. Like, I'm just interested about mathematics, or I enjoy doing it because I like solve problems, or even because it's difficult, maybe. Or I, what, what, what it says about me as a person or something. Okay. So to give you an idea of the kinds of responses that we got, There's because examples. it's free response, you get all unique answers, essentially. Ooh. And so um, examples of things we saw for teachers were things like, my math teacher motivates me to do math because he helps me learn the stuff I don't know, and he pushes me to do the work I have so I can learn it for the future. I think one of the things we were most struck by in student responses is the number of students, even college students, who would say, my fourth grade math teacher is the reason why I'm still doing math. Or like they would name someone, like Mrs. Eccleston in sixth grade, and they could say it even years afterwards. That's and why so I said Miss Smith in the time. Right, exactly. Um, family and friends, examples of those are some people that motivate me are my friends. Um, grades, one thing who motivates me to learn mathematics is good grades and being on track and organized. So grades have been personified now. They're the yeah. <laughs> uh, future job, one thing that motivates me is my dream job includes a lot of math. Um, and then an example of this intrinsic thing that we're getting at, the one person that motivates me to learn math is myself. So we had all these different responses, essentially all unique, and um, the way we kind of categorize them is in categories like this. To give you an idea of other responses that we got, we have this word cloud. So the size of the word indicates how common a response it was. So we'll give you a moment to kind of read through a bunch of those and see which you find the most interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so someone's learned that Jesus is always the correct answer. Yeah. We got that. What are the things that you're noticing? Anything you're noticing about the relative heights? Teacher, yeah, front and center. And that's good, right? We like that. So, what else you noticing? Yeah. I heard LeBron James over here. To give you context, I remember one of the people who mentioned LeBron James, I believe, said something along the lines of, LeBron James has a lot of money, and I would like to have a lot of money. So LeBron James motivates me to study that. the <laughs> A lot of family members. A lot of family members, and notice that dad and mom are pretty similar in overall height. That's not true by grade level or by school, but overall, that's true. Uh, but not just mom and dad, right? Family in general, parents, brother, grandparents, sister, cousins, uncles, they're all there. Uh, great. So you can also, oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, grades are here. Future and job may be bigger than you might have expected, but remember the samples we're drawing from. That's important. Real world and life connections, maybe higher than you might have predicted. Uh, requirement, we'll, we'll come back to that. But you can also see why we kind of categorized them in the categories that we did. Um, because, for instance, some of these, like Jesus, do you put that in friends? Do you put that in teacher? Like, So these are the categories we ended up putting them into from all of the answers that we got. But... Now you've had an, a chance to experience what it was like answering this survey with these different answers, and now we're going to go into some of the details of a few of those questions, in particular noting things that were particularly high or particularly low compared to the overall average. Yeah, so Likert scale items, normally one through five, we just our prayer decided five would be strongly agree. We didn't reverse code the middle five that are structured the other way, but we'll talk about how we interpret them. 
uh, down to strongly disagree, and then we computed means of like the middle school group or a particular school at that level and for the high school and so forth. And for those we identified that were math, math ed majors, and those that were motivated by grades, say we have some subgroups. And what was interesting to us is where the mean of that group or subgroup was at least one point different than the mean of the total sample. Uh, we did green if it was either positive or higher for ones we'd like to have high numbers, or we also said green if it was lower for the math anxiety questions. Like, so if the mean was 2.6 and it was like 1.5, these are groups that are not affected by math and science. This is cool. Correspondingly, we have a red coding if it's not high enough for the ones we want it to be high, and equivalently if it's really high for the math anxiety type questions. So to do a refresh, these are the different codes we have for institutions. So middle school, high school, and then university or college, and then P indicates that it's a private institution. So let's start with number one, for instance. That's one that came up in both of your list and the one for students. I have usually enjoyed studying math in school. So our overall mean was 3.4. Um, particular groups that stood out as being either higher or lower were um, the Indiana Middle School, the students who were intrinsically motivated, so who said, I'm motivated by myself, that kind of thing. Um, they had a particularly high subsample, as did uh, students at the private college who were either math and math education majors or who were motivated by their teacher. And then the group that scored lower than the overall um, answer was the university students, so this is a public university, um, who said that they were motivated by grades. And we're not going to cover all 20 of these, although if you have curiosity about other ones, just circle them now. We'll come back to what we have after the last slide. We can bring them up. Um, so the next one, I really like mathematics. That made the list there, not surprisingly. And notice a few things here. People motivated by teachers, Illinois Middle School, Illinois High School, private college, they're all there. People who are intrinsically motivated, they like math itself, they like what they feel about math as a discipline, uh, from the Indiana Middle School. And then the math and math ed subsamples from the private college and the private university. On the other side of the coin, again, to the public university, People motivated primarily by the future or their job or how it applies didn't tend to like mathematics. So the next one we're going to look at is number four. I'm happier in math classes than any other class. That's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. So our total mean here was 2.7, which is a little bit lower than some of the other ones. But what we want to note in particular is that this Illinois middle school, so this is a public middle school, had just overall for this entire, entire middle school group. School sample. And then you'll notice in the eighth grade, and those who are motivated by teacher, family and friends, future job applications, and intrinsic, all of those subgroups of this school as well also scored particularly high. Um, we also had those who are intrinsically motivated from the, pub, uh, the private middle school and then the Indiana um, public middle school. And then, as we kind of expect, the math and math education majors at the private uh, university and private college, and then also those motivated by their teacher at the private yeah, college. Yeah, really hope. So some of these findings are things like, oh, I'm glad that happened. Right. But the other ones that are more interesting, like the, the whole school and things that are intrinsically motivated, there's no reason that would automatically be wrong. So on the other side of the coin, let's get to some of those from 6 through 10. Uh, it makes me feel nervous to study math. And what's interesting about this is the first and the last one. Elementary education majors, at one of the institutions, they had a higher level of math anxiety exhibited. And at the other institution, a lower level of math anxiety. Wow, that's very interesting, actually. Um, the ones that are intrinsically motivated tend not to be anxious. Interesting. 
and those that are motivated primarily by their future of their job application, again, that anxiety is coming through. Of course, that seems to correlate with how they thought about math in the first place. To like it, to nervous about it, this kind of makes sense. And notice for these, because they're phrased in the opposite way, like we want people to disagree with these statements, that's why the green statements here are the lower numbers, whereas 3.9 is higher, but we want them to disagree with the statement, not agree. And oh, yeah, so you mentioned 17 is one of the ones that you uh, would strongly agree with in some cases, and also these uh, students would as well. And the, lower, the mean was lower, 2.7, or just middle or neutral, basically. But curiously, there were a couple subgroups. And I think I know a little bit about why in this case, because I think there might have been a teacher variable involved. That is, I think that particular teacher may have shared connecting links with, say, Flatland, or, say, some other connections to books that have math uh, connections. And so, sure enough, the group that said teachers in high school in particular, and then those that are motivated by future job applications. So now that we've kind of deep dived into a couple of the different things, um, we're going to look at some of the overall summaries that we saw in the data. So if we look at the middle school students, so we had 245 students at the middle school level that we surveyed. And um, for most items, the means were similar to the total sample. The ones that were less optimal than the overall sample were the ones that are listed here. So I like to solve new problems in math. I'm always under a terrible strain in math. It makes me nervous to even think about having to do a math problem, always feel confused, getting good grades motivate me, and having math connect to other content, content areas around the world uh, or around me motivates me to like So particularly math. notice the three from that middle five chunk right there, seven, eight, and nine, are all ones where they're less optimal. So that's saying they experience these math anxiety uh, points more so than the overall sample. Keep that in mind as you switch to the high school summary data, where essentially, again, things are similar to the overall trends, but notably, a number of items, including 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10, all five of those, they were more optimal. Interesting, right? Also, the solving problem ones, there's just the flip of the middle school. And then 17, well, I think that might be affected by that one uh, subsample. And then less optimal for the strong background can help me in my life. So maybe that uh, echoes what you've experienced with your own students. Now, at the college university level, um, all but three of the means were similar to the overall uh, sample. So we had 237 students at the college and university level of the 650 total. Um, the ones where they were less optimal were I'm happier in math than any other class and studying math makes me nervous. And then the more optimal one was this number 19. And in particular, we noticed, as we would hope, that the math education and math majors, um, so we had 52 of those, uh, were more optimal on every single item. And in particular, they were uh, even higher than overall groups for 11 of the 15 positively stated items. So that's all except for 6 through 10. Okay, so we're going back to the word cloud, and, and you can see Albert Einstein and Stephen Hawking and so forth. Um, and we're going to now unpack that based on the different levels, middle school, high school, college, and then into the actual schools that we did as well. So we're going to go through a bunch of bar graphs here. So to give you an idea, this is how, um, so here it was the size of the word that indicated how common it was. Now you get a better idea of it's a bar graph how they're represented. Um, we should make the disclaimer that the no response uh, in this uh, software just registers as null. So technically there are no responses, but it's whatever the leftover percentage is. Usually pretty negligible. And notice in particular that mom and dad are extremely close yes. overall, as they should be. And then we have parents and family, brother, grandparents, sister. So 
Keep in mind that if you combine all of the family and friend related categories, it's probably going to outrank number one, which would be the teachers. Teachers, 20%, the biggest single bar, but family collectively, 25%. And actually, we decided to group the future, the job, the application, and real world together. They're not identical, but they sort of are touching on some similar themes. And that's another 23%. So notice just those top three categories, you're over two-thirds of those responses to number 21, right? Now, grades are not insignificant, and 12% cited that as the single thing that motivates them to learn math, but it's 12%. It's very typical class. You're talking about three or four kids, right? Not, not that many. Um, and then uh, intrinsic, which is one I went into the study thinking, I'm really hoping to find a lot of these folks. I only found 10%. I was hoping for maybe 50%, but 10% still fine. Uh, and then we have those notable ones that we're choosing not to classify for the study. That was about 10%. So, again, this is the overall of all 650 responses. Now we're going to kind of go into different subgroups. So and as we do so, keep an eye on the top three. Uh, the teacher versus the future or job application versus grades. Just those three. And you can maybe predict what's going to happen here. But anyway, go ahead. And then also things that we found fascinating are noticing how mom and dad, and then also there is a my parents category, how those also shift in these different subsamples. So... Again, this was the rough breakdown overall, but now if we look at the middle school students, so um, from all of the middle school students, which was about 250 students, um, teacher was the top category at around, I don't know, 23%. Um, good grades was next, followed by future job, and then mom above dad, um, but very followed by my parents and friends, um, and then you'll notice some of these other ones. To give you an idea of subgroups within the middle schools, so we had the suburban private middle school, where my dad was the top answer that we received, followed by grades and mom and then teacher. So parents are prominent, potentially the dad's higher than mom, um, and grades. Uh, future and job, a little bit lower down the list. So now if we move to the Chicago Public Middle School, here you'll notice teacher is a huge influence, um, then followed by future job, and competition was kind of in that intrinsic uh, motivation category, um, but then my mom shows up, my dad is lower down there. Yeah, let's pause here for a moment. So first notice the huge difference between teacher and this one. You're, you're way at 38% or so, dominant. Also notice mom versus dad. Um, so there's a couple things to tease up with the parent issues. I had someone comment on this yesterday. Well, is that necessarily a good thing? Or are they maybe feeling the pressure from the mom or the dad to do the math? And so it's motivating, but maybe not in a positive way. And so that's true. Got to keep that in mind. And then we're making some assumptions here. There, there might be situations where there isn't both mom and dad in the picture. So there might be just the mom and just the dad. So that's affecting some of the data. And again, a lot of people are saying parents, so keep that in mind too. Mm -hmm. And then we had one last middle school. This was a public middle school in Indiana. Um, here, again, teacher was the top, followed by my mom, grades, future job. Uh, my dad is a little bit further down there. Um, and this is where we get some more of the LeBron James and Albert Einstein. But to summarize the middle school, teacher by far, most important. And then uh, grades, uh, mom and dad and some permutation, and then quite a bit later on, things like future and applications and stuff. That kind of mirrors what we talked about earlier, actually. <laughs> Parents, grades, like, yeah, sure enough. High school. Yeah, okay, so now so, if we look at the high school. And once again, the teacher variable is prominent. So those in the room that teach high school, so yeah, still in the right place, that's good. So 28%. Uh, but now notice the future of job has jumped up to number two, and grades are three. 
So the future in job applications is higher than grades. Even that's not much anticipated. And then this is the mom-dad breakdown. In if fact, we, if you combine future job and life real world, that's almost as much as teacher. Interesting that, what am I going to use this for? Maybe they don't mean quite that when they ask the question that way. Maybe they mean, you know, why should they value this? But they're still looking for ways that you can connect what you're studying with what they're doing in their other classes in science, or maybe what they're thinking about as possible career. Yeah, mom and dad are closer uh, related this time. Yep. So now if we go into those specific institutions, um, we had a private high school in Texas where teacher was over 42%. Um, and then followed by future job and good grades. Um, I don't believe, like my parents shows up here, my dad shows up here. I don't think there were any my mom answers in this category. And it's worth noting that these are convenience samples. And yes. this is a good example of this, right? This is heavily dependent on the teacher in question uh, and the courses that this particular teacher happens to be teaching because those are the people doing the survey, right? So keep that in mind, but still 42% just sticks out there. So now if we compare to a uh, public high school in the Chicago area, here my teacher is around 22%. But if you flip back to the last one, notice that it was like 42%, mm -hmm. yeah, and this one's about half that for the teacher, so that's a dramatic difference to me. Uh, but again, future and job number two. So future was not all that critical for middle schoolers, now we get to high school, it's moving up. Number two, number two, number two. And again, if you combine it with life and rural applications, it's even probably at or more than the teachers. Mom and dad are neck and neck there. And then now if you move to the college subsamples, this is college and universities, both private and public institutions. Future job has now moved to the top overall. Um, then followed by my teacher, life real world, we often combine future job as a category, so that ends up shooting um, much higher. Whereas um, my dad has dropped down here, my parents are here, my mom is down here. And there's this new bar that hasn't been appearing too much so far called requirement. Okay, so when we did the surveys in the college, again, it's convenience-based, right? It's courses that we can easily access. So they tended to be once taught to majors, uh, once taught to elementary education majors, and, and um, survey courses that are required for specific majors, like statistics, where there's like 25 majors that need this course. So you can imagine how requirements we might fit in quite well for that group. So now if we look at these different institutions, at the Midwest Public University, grades was the top uh, response followed by teacher and then requirement. Um, interestingly enough, followed up by myself, so that intrinsic uh, characteristic. That seems almost my goal to me, but yeah. yeah. Um, and then at the Midwest Private University, uh, future job was top, followed by teacher, and then understanding, life, real world, good grades. Mom and dad <coughs> both show up along with my parents. And then at the Midwest Private College, we have future job, good grades, Life, real world, which often we combined again with future job. Um, teachers down here. And requirement again. Okay, so we're going to summarize some findings in just a bit. But one more time, I want you to huddle up. And this time, well, what, what's your first takeaway from what we showed you? Middle school, high school, college. What are the themes that are emerging, and how might this actually impact what you're going to do? So take a few minutes and just talk about what we're showing you so far. I was thinking too about the 
ton of data at you. And now we're curious to hear what your main takeaways are. Yeah, I want to start with this group over here. We're having discussions. Yeah. Particularly uh, a subsample of those that are in academic Okay. And so maybe you can just briefly unpack what you were discussing first. Uh, and um, well, we, well, first we were talking about how um, early on, you know, because teachers play such an important role in, um, in the motivation, um, but then working with kids that really struggle and legitimately, like, it's hard for them. Um, they're, like, and then they see, you know, their parents can't help them either uh, with the math, because their, their motivation goes even lower. And then the question is, what can we do that will um, adjust that situation in some positive way? Uh, it might be where they connected to something that might help some of them. Um, it might also be where they have to see it as a problem solving they move through and have a better outcome on the backside. But they've got to get to the backside, otherwise they're just not going to progress too farther. You were mentioning that it's also about the time when they start getting more abstract ideas, right? And that's where the problem solving enters in, and some of them are not doing that favorably, so they're stepping back. Okay. What were some of the other insights your groups had um, that you can take away from the big picture? We, we have a couple slides with what we think is important, but we're curious to know what you established as being the most important. Yeah, Rick. I think when we looked at the uh, big orange chart, what's that again? Yeah. We saw Jesus. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we could, some of us laughed at that, yeah. but as a Christian oh, yeah. community, yeah. that's usually a big part of sure. why we do everything. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think if, if students had options on what to pick, right. that maybe that would be very much very Okay, clear. fair point, because we were limited to one response, right? And by the way, some did not give just one thing, so we were trying to untangle that and say, well, we know the first thing or the thing that seems most prominent. You, you can imagine the problem as research what we do with that. But sure, I mean, there, there probably are a complex web of things, and the parents play a role, and we hope their faith plays a role, and we hope their future plays a role. We'd like a lot of these things to matter, actually, and that's good. Any other observations before we share a couple of David? I was, I was surprised in the high school how much future and job showed up more than Yes, I was too. And my first thought was, you know, and the, you know, is it like a certain teacher's classes? Was that teacher teaching honor class that maybe they're thinking more about the future? Maybe. Or is it kid, you know, as opposed to somebody who... You know, is it teaching kids that don't really enjoy math and they just want to get through it? Um, and, and the sample included both types of students in there. That's certainly true. Um, but the fact that there was that much of a focus, I guess, is that was encouraging. something to think about. And, and encouraging, I thought, too. Yeah. I wanted to comment a little bit on how big the teacher thing was. Yeah. yeah. I'm reading this book called Mind and Matter by John Herschel. Okay. And he played in the NFL. And now he's a doctoral candidate at MIT wow. in mathematics. Yeah. And he says, I wish my high school math teachers were more like my high school football teachers. Really? In what way? And think of the strength and conditioning coach up there in the weight room. Come on! You can do this! Just one more! You know? It's really... More, and I, I've tried that with my kids. It's not as effective. <laughs> I know you have this in you, right? Yeah, so the yeah. football coach so, does. I know you can do this. You have this in you. And he says, 
in the, in the math classroom, it, it didn't feel that way. Yeah, so you may have seen standard delivery, right? Hi, Ms. Galante, the motivation. Yeah. And there's some of that there, too, right? He's, it's all about the community, so it's not just the one, but it's we're going to do this together. And you're treating it more as a sports club. You're going to go and move together and win. It's all about the victory at the end. Okay. Well, that's fine. I'm sure there's other ideas. Let's just share a few things that we had. So first, not surprisingly, math and math uh, subgroups give the most possible responses. And if you look at our data from yesterday's colloquium, you're going to see something similar. High school sample, generally more optimal than middle school. That I took away a little bit more interesting. But maybe the focus on how it's going to be useful to me in the future context is playing a role. Um, and then also, college university is sort of the middle of the road there. The key motivators, people, uh, teachers, yes, but also parents and friends, keep that in mind. Uh, future does play a role, like David said, more than we might actually admit. Uh, grades are still relevant, but less important. And same with intrinsically motivated folks, but I want to come back to intrinsically motivated in a moment. And then, yes, notice how future and job gets progressively more important. Fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, wow. And then they're kind of making choices that are cutting certain options off based on how they view about mathematics. Okay, so then, yeah, the final takeaway we want you to think about this for a minute or two is, okay, how does this affect me? And you might answer this in two ways. Uh, in my classroom interactions with the kids, and with my upcoming parent-teacher conference. Yeah. <laughs> a couple minutes, and we'll talk.
not as productive. Yeah, thanks, James. So a couple of things I want to echo, and that is that first, we know that teaching is an acting profession, and one of those things has to do with how we convey our enthusiasm for whatever we're teaching, even when it's something we're not as excited about. So yes, and saying, hey, have you noticed how this connects with this? And have you seen, by the way, in the history of this discipline, how this comes about? Completing the square. Algebra 2, we all teach completing the square. Did you know that's actually a geometric result, not an algebraic result? Yeah, the Babylonians. And so, sure, that'd be one small example of how you can tie it to make it real. Maybe. Or, you're considering doing an engineering career. Well, let's talk about how this would be. And then parents, teacher conferences, you've got two or three of the most important motivators for that kid, right? And they're meeting together. It's a team meeting, so yeah, really, really important. That's great. That's I got the representative. Let's uh, see what we have. Okay, so yeah, first takeaway, same as what you said. Uh, second takeaway, same as what you said. Third one, okay. But it's not just about careers in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, right? So STEAM has been proposed, and the A can alternately mean art, accounting, astrophysics. I don't know. It can mean a bunch of things. And it's what it's making the point is it's not just STEM. If they're going to any one of the social sciences or medicine, they better know how to deal with data, right? Quantitative reasoning, really, really, really important. Or you just take it from the news and say, can you make sense of the study, please? You know, should you be doing three cups of coffee or just none or 25? And then other ones. Grades are not irrelevant. And when you have the parent-teacher conferences, yeah, you're going to talk about grades. But obviously, you're going to talk about what you know about the kid that's more than enough for them and how they're situated in their community context, what they're thinking about for the future plans. All important. The thing I want to say about intrinsic and goal data, it was only 10% of the sample, and they weren't all the math math ed folks, by the way. Yeah. But if you were intrinsically motivated, you were going to be optimal in every category, almost always. So hint, if there are ways that you can get them motivated about math for itself, I find this enjoyable, problem solving, you get the satisfaction of solving the problem. It was difficult, I know, but we overcame the difficulty. Um, yeah, okay, so number 17, I know some of us didn't like that anyway, but there might be opportunities to create a bridging discussion for those that really are geeked out about reading Harry Potter novels, for example, and you might take them into some of the mathematics that is uh, exhibited there. Okay. So this is our contact information, along with if you're interested in having your own students participate and getting their responses. Um, this is the survey link that you guys had, along with the questions. Um, but because we surveyed you guys, we also have the data from you guys. So maybe if there are so, questions... Yeah, so we'll take questions if you have uh, and then she's getting busy to show you your summary of people summaries today. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fair. And so it's a student design research project, and I had to get some control of the student. Sure. I would have worded it differently. Yeah. He was hoping to pick up uh, graphic novels or things like the Flatland or other right. stories we know where. Well, that was pretty math journals, things like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised by that. Okay, so here's what you said. Uh, one through five, look at that, 4.6, 4 4.6, 4.6, you passed the test. You're, you're way above the means there, well done. And similarly, six through 10, 2.2, 1 1.7, 1 1.5, 1.5, 1.8, then you're more optimal there, good. To explain what these numbers are, these are your overall averages. Yeah, overall means for the 24 people that participated in the room. Uh, then we have 11 through 15, again, 4.8, 4.8, what was 11? 
Mathematics is very worthwhile and necessary. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming today. Okay, 4.5, 4.4, 4.0, 4.2. And really the rest of them, okay, 3.2, 17, we talked about that. And actually we talked about 20, right? So there were some that were going on the opposite end of that of difficulty issue, but probably not a shock. And so we have histograms. This is just showing you 11, the 4.8, and yep, not a surprise. And then, oh, let's take a look at what we said for 21, shall we? So we hear it. Uh, you don't have to identify. That's fine. Uh, my students. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have had too many of those responses, of course, when we surveyed them. Um, uh, I enjoy talking about math with my own children and watch, again, probably not relevant for middle schoolers, but like it. Uh, my career, God the creator of the universe, and learning how things work together. Yeah, we heard a lot more of these statements from our colloquium students and colleagues uh, yesterday. Competition. Yeah, we had some of those as well. That might be a... Well, I can probably trace some of the roots to some of those responses. Anyway, I'm motivated by my mom, whoops, sorry, who is terrible at math. What? Wait, wait. <laughs> and always wanted me to warn me about how difficult it is for. Oh, I see. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, learning with manipulatives. Right, yeah. Hands on experiences, motivated to learn. Uh, since I have an understanding of how the concepts work, so there are multiple ways to approach the concept, going back to how these teachers can react. Uh, my job motivates me to learn math because I teach math. Well, this is sort of self-referential, thank you. Gus, I won't ask that to be unpacked. Uh, understanding a problem and wanting to solve it, sure. My seventh grade teacher, see, we, we have those vivid memories of those. Uh, motivated because to become a math teacher and a coach, yeah. High school math teacher really made learning difficult mathematics seem possible. Father encouraged me in the area. Honors geometry teacher, again, teacher, teacher, teacher. Uh, God intricately planned and created math. There's order and beauty in it. There we go. Uh, blessed with great teachers in high school, college level. Okay, that's cool. Uh, let's see. Children, uh, joy. Okay, great. Uh, the challenge of solving problems, the satisfaction of solving them, without going back to 20. If we can get them to those experiences, we might change some opinions. Um, high school math teachers, again, dad. Uh, being a better scientist, motivating factor. Cool. I want to be able to communicate. Uh, what does it say at the end there? Scientific data. Uh, scientific data, right. And high school math teacher, 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 teacher. In our case, students, students, students. That's good, too. Um, yeah. I think we can probably stop there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you all for coming.